0: And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast.
1: Why adfreeshows.com?
0: It's simple, it's early and ad free. Why wait for your favorite shows to drop when you can listen as soon as they stop recording? There's
1: no need to wait. You can access it all before anyone else can. Plus, no ads. No one telling you what to bundle or how to keep that man part standing tall. None of that. It's just straight content from all your favorite hosts, including Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Kurt Angle, and the rest of the team. That's not all. You also get immediate access to watching their Reactions live on video as well. So don't put it off any longer. Do it now. You won't be disappointed. Start enjoying all the podcasts you love early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. Get your something to wrestle gear at brucepritchard.com and check out boxagimmicks.com, of the official something to wrestle store where you can find gimmicks for yourself or the fan in your life. New items added weekly.
0: Hey, listen up. If you're in a 30 year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, what are you waiting for? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. We're routinely helping wrestling fans just like you all across the country save more money than they ever thought possible. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. But what's best about SaveWithConrad.com? It's the experience. Don't take my word for it. Check out all the five star reviews over at ConradReviews.com. Michael up in Akron, Ohio gave us five stars and said, Jimmy and Jennifer were great to work with. They always responded right away. Whenever I had any questions, we got another five-star review from Robert in New Jersey, another five-star review from Judith in North Carolina. What about a five-star from Nicholas in South Carolina or a five-star from Stephanie in Indiana or a five-star from Corey in Florida. We want to save you money. We want to show you how to keep more of your own money and we're routinely helping podcast listeners just like you say five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you can do it too right now at save withconrad.com. animal. number six, five, zero eight, four equal housing lender. Save withconrad.com. Welcome.
1: Do something to wrestle with Well, you know, that's not a rib. she put it. He pooped it. it. rip. No, you have a There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. And, and, and was he there? I was there. Say something I don't give a shit. I ain't scared I ain't scared of shit. Fuck Thank sh- you, Bruce. Ah, love cheese. the double cheeseburger. You take the grain. Double cheeseburger. You're nothing but an dog. Oh, They're on your Google machine. Goddamn, kid. Goddamn it. What the hell show you got there? I need more. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What say you? Pronouns, And now, something to wrestle with. gone, Bruce Richard. and the second most recognized athlete in the entire world today. Oh.
0: Say about that. Well, hey, man, tell the yeah, uh, my arms look good, tonight Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, that's bullshit. Welcome to wrestle, man. Roll title, now. Welcome to something to wrestle something with. To wrestle something with. To, wrestle something with. to wrestle with. Something to <laughs> wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with. A very sleepy, a' very tired, a very stressed, a very injured Bruce Pritchard Bruce, how are you, pal? I'm sick, Conrad, and you're sleepy pretty sleepy are you tired
1: um i'm i'm uh what's that other word for tired fatigued I'm fatigued,
0: okay tired, yep, oh wait a
1: minute, that's the other word I was looking for
0: yep, I'm sleepy, I'm run down. And I blame you. I didn't push you down an entire flight of stairs at Madison Square Garden. Uh, As to catch everybody up, our plan was to uh, record a very special something, wrestle on Saturday. But unfortunately, Friday, Bruce fall down, Bruce go boom in Madison Square (laughs) Garden. Okay. First
1: of all, yes, I had a, a, a small incident. Incident. Where I went down, technically two flights of stairs, but really it was it was all about all about five, well six steps total included in the both flights.
0: But your phone finished the fall, right? Well, my phone,
1: my phone fucking made the fall. Your phone went ringside. It. Yeah. So I thought I hurt my knee, but you know how like when you're falling. And you don't want people to either see you or you really just don't want to fall. So you try to look cool and catch yourself and twist all around and do all that other kind of horse happy shit.
0: You tried to catch yourself to save face and in the process you made it worse.
1: Yeah, and as I went on through the day, I just knew that my knee hurt.
0: And as the story goes... You thought you had busted your knee open. It was a crimson mask on your knee. So you hike up your pants and with a little help from one of your friends.
1: Well, they were blinded by the paleness of my skin, first of all. It was not bust open. You can look at it right now. See right there? There's a little bump right there. But, ow, that hurt. Um, but it doesn't look like anything. It, uh, but It but, but then... You cool down, and then you sit down and see, like, I really didn't cool down because see, I had a goddamn thing to do, and I did my thing. And then by the time I got home on Friday night, it was time to get in the other thing to come to the airport thing.
0: Commercial, I might add. That's where you are now. You're flying commercial to Alabama. Yeah. I guess we've buried that's, the lead. That's what fucking happened. You and I are in person for the first time in a long time. It just... Mere feet from where something to wrestle was originally conceived. Boy, that sounded weird. Uh but you told me the old radical story and I, I tried, still see the stains. <laughs> and I tried to pitch you You on, told me uh, not to handle my microphone and I'm handling it. That's okay, handle it right away. Well, you got like one of them thingies. Well, here's the deal. We don't normally record podcasts at the kitchen table here at the Conradison. Now I'm glad to be doing it. This should be kitchen table with Connie and Bruce. Is that what you want to call this show? Uh, sure, if you want to. Well, I was hoping we could call it Greg so, the Hammer Valentine. Okay, well, so any goddamn way. Um, you come to Alabama. I'm in a lot of pain. And you, you had a, an incident at the Atlanta airport. I did. They, Kimberly can kiss my ass with Delta Airlines. At the gate agent there. In the Atlanta. gate agent
1: at gate uh, D41. Yeah. So, Kimberly, if you were working, and if anybody knows Kimberly... Uh, working at Atlanta Airport at gate D41 on a Saturday <coughs> Delta, morning. Uh, Delta, on, Delta. Yeah,
0: on Delta. No, I'll just, I'm, I'm Delta. They kiss my ass. And then when you finally got here, you were greeted with open arms in and in a warm pool, and it was ready to go. I was happy when I got here, wasn't I? And then you took a nap, and I didn't think you'd kick out Korean barbecue. And then the next day, Brucey didn't feel good. And I couldn't help but wonder, because you'd told me that, a person in your life had maybe had some situations going on physically, and you had just ridiculed them mercilessly. And now, maybe this is old karma coming Karma's a bitch. I will say that. Karma's a bitch. So does this mean we're going to get a nicer, more gentler, polite Bruce moving forward? When? Today? Not today, no. But sometime in the future? Highly unlikely. Okay. Well, are you excited to be in Alabama? I mean as excited as one can be to be in lm i mean had all your favorites here we had the the mexican breakfast you didn't eat that we had your favorite barbecue you weren't thrilled with that we took you to stone age barbecue the uh, korean barbecue outfit and you didn't necessarily love that i got you dairy queen i don't think that was to your satisfaction this has really been the shits for a vacation for you has it not well it sure has yeah you should be ashamed.
1: You know what? And and the other thing, and, and you know, we're at this goddamn resort and everything. And, oh my! And, you mean uh, my house?
0: Come on now. Oh yeah. Well, it's a resort. All right. Uh, true or false? I cooked you a fillet last night. True. True or false? You got like multiple elevators
1: in here. That one. Go, okay. I took. You have one that goes up to the suite level, which is my suite. Right. And so I got to the. Suite. And all your What favorite, did I do for you? And
0: all your favorite drinks were in there. True or false? Some of them. I mean, I'm not putting this. I was even told he's not bringing toiletries. We'll need to make sure he has. I got you set up with toiletries, too. I offered to do that. You're still fussing. I'm not fussing. A little. What do you have now in the guest suite? A pickle pin just for you. (laughs) Oh, no. I buried the lead. I forgot. uh, (laughs) Brucie. No, forget it now, man. No, yeah, no, it doesn't even matter. No, you don't care. You don't remember. You don't care. You don't like it. I haven't it. used it. You have worn it out. You've broken I'm, it I'm in. I've broken the motherfucker in. That's for damn sure. True or false. Now, two people who work on this show have shit on my floors here at the Cotton Radisson. Silva Downstairs and you upstairs. But I was sick. Well, how do we know he wasn't? And how do you know I didn't clean it up? Oh, I'm sure you did. Well, I'm sure Stephanie no, did. No, I cleaned it up. You personally did? Personally. Now, you, earlier you said you couldn't reach down and get your phone, but now you're scrubbing floors? I don't buy that. Mm. Oh, you put it on the floor and moved your foot back and forth? Yes. Okay. Either way, though, I do need to give Bruce some props. Uh, during your visit, you had your wife install a washlet upstairs. Hey, wait
1: a minute. See, like, and you give it? Uh, who bought the damn
0: the the, the you, bidet? You purchased the I washlet. I purchased
1: it and got it here
0: on a Monday. And then I said, wow. Uh, do you have a package here addressed to your name? And you said, yep. yep. And I said, and this is, and you said, it's a bidet. And I said, okay. Cause I was promised a bidet in the brochure. Well, there was one, but
1: we had, but to we steal. got there and there was not one. So, well, I mean, but here's what the best kind part of management. What kind of hotel are we running here? Well, leave me a poor review on Yelp. I'm going to strongly worded poor review. Just like I left Kimberly it uh, that Delta Airlines an extremely poor review, and I've asked Delta Airlines and I've called Delta Airlines to call me so that I could discuss this issue with them because I had a really poor experience with them. Feel better
0: now? No. Uh, as we're recording this, we have a new WWE World Champion. Congratulations, Mister Big E. I know we don't talk about current stuff, but that was pretty cool, man. So uh, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan, and we're excited to be here today. To be talking about one of the all-time greats, Greg, the hammer Valentine. He was born into this business on September 20th, 1951. So we're not too far away from Mr. Hammer turning the big seven Oh, so show him some love on social media. Of course, the hammer's father was Johnny Valentine, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, Bruce, they grew up in the golden age of the WWF. They may not be familiar with that name. Johnny Valentine for those listeners who don't know who is Johnny Valentine.
1: Johnny Valentine was from Seattle, Washington. Probably one of the regarded as one of, if not the toughest wrestlers uh, ever to lace up a pair of boots. And especially in his heyday, he was he was a legit badass man, and, and his matches were legendary for the brutality. And I, I dare say that any of your uh, your extreme guys. Over the last, you know, 15, 20 years to think they were extreme and think they were tough. I don't think would have lasted five minutes with Johnny Valentine. Heyday versus heyday. Uh, He was just that good and just that tough. But Johnny was the kind of guy that when he would come into a territory, reputation and all, drew everywhere, top guy everywhere. But Johnny took a long time to get over. But when he got over. He stayed over.
0: I recently had an opportunity to spend some time with Mr. Crockett, and he said that Johnny would be so slow and methodical in working a hold or a move that the fans hated it, but eventually they grew to hate him. Yeah. And that's when they knew that's when he knew he had him. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. But also, you know,
1: Johnny had the thing, it's like, hey, you may not you may not believe The wrestling's real, but by God, you're going to believe that I am. Yeah. And that was the way Johnny approached the business and approached everything that he did. He had matches in Houston. When I was growing up, Is a kid with Wahoo McDaniel and Bull Curry that were legendary. I mean, there's stuff out there with him and Bull Curry, and you just see. I mean, you see the flesh moving when they're punching each other in the face and in the head. Um,
0: and those Valentine chops, the sweat would just fly oh, off. I mean, there was no pulled punches there. It was full force, man. Yeah, and I've got hanging over my,
1: my fireplace in my office a shot of uh, Dory Funk Jr. with a reverse chin lock on Johnny Valentine from the same Houston Coliseum that Jeff Winningham, a photographer from Friday Night Coliseum, took and Marty Funk's dad painted. Um, it just was, I mean, Johnny was the real deal, man. He was a badass and he would come in and get over as the baddest heel in the business and in the territory. And he would beat everybody up. And then when it was time, man, you turn that son of a bitch baby face, Katie bar the door. He was insane.
0: So by now, you figured out that old Brucey is in town here in Huntsville, and I don't know who the hell vacations in Huntsville, but he did. As soon as he walked through the front door, though, he saw something sitting on my little foyer table, and he said, Hey, is that solid gold? Of course it is. Solid gold is the only way to take care of our pets. Bruce and I really believe in it, and I've just found out this trip. I had heard the rumor and in innuendo, but uh, Mrs. Pritchard really is the puppy whisperer. And these dogs love her because she's taking good care of them. She's getting them solid gold. You need a solid gold pet. If you really love your pet and I can't recommend solid gold enough. They have a founding belief and their platform is whole is all based on this. But high quality food is the best way to impact our pets, mind, body, and spirit. And it's little things that you need to know. Like 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut. So for feeding our dogs, the right stuff, they're just going to have a better lifestyle, they're going to have a better existence. They're going to have a better quality of life. We're not just talking about their immune system, but their overall wellness and a healthy digestive system, man, it's paramount with that. For over 45 years now, Solid Gold has revolutionized what's called the holistic pet food category. Now they've even got a recipe for every dog and every cat's dietary need. Check this out. You can get healthy whole grain, even grain-free options, wet food, supplements like sea meal, and 100% human-grade bone broth for dogs solid gold foods are different because they cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods, they balance with living probiotics, and they fuel with omega-3 and 6 fatty acids, supporting gut health and nourishing your pet inside and out. Right now, to save 30% on select solid gold products, go to solidgoldpet.com wrestle. That's solidgoldpet.com wrestle to save 30% on select solid gold products. Remember, solidgoldpet.com wrestle. Do you ever hear any stories about Johnny Valentine the River?
1: Oh yeah, lots of lots of Johnny Valentine the River. But, but okay, we're gonna go back to that. Put a pin in that. Okay. Put a pin in that. I'll pin. Come back. Pin. Okay, pin. we're gonna go back to the to the rib stories. But Johnny Valentine, and I don't know if I ever t- I'd, stop me if I did, folks. Folks, y'all just say, hey, Bruce, you already told this one before. Are
0: you, are you talking into the recorder? you <laughs> <laughs> missed that. Bruce did not, not say that into the microphone. I'm talking you... to our people. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Um, that's
1: another story in and of itself, too. But um, So, Johnny, okay, I, I grew up in El Paso. Right. Grizzly Smith was a big star at El Paso. And so, Grizzly had a, a shot an angle in El Paso with Harley Race. Grizzly had an iron stomach, and we'll let people punch him in the stomach and do all these other strongman kind of gimmick things. And in El Paso, Harley Race... Says, oh, yeah? Well, I bet you that you can't take, if I got up on the uh, top of a six-foot ladder. Six foot. That's like jumping off of a human being that's six foot tall. Yeah. Wouldn't be like jumping off of a human being that was four nine. Six-foot ladder. Yeah. And let me come across your stomach. And hardly got up on top of that ladder, and he came down, crashing across Grizzly Smith's neck and broke it. Carried Grizzly out. Out on a um, stretcher, stretcher, and Grizzly was gone, man. His career was over, never to be heard from again. And then I moved from El Paso, Texas to Houston, Texas. When I got to Houston, I found out that uh, old Grizz had had a miraculous recovery somewhere in there and, and was still doing that strongman thing with his stomach, which you would think he wouldn't have learned his lesson with Harley Race. You would think. But well, this time he did it with Johnny Valentine, and Johnny Valentine says, oh, yeah? Well, these guys are sitting there punching you and kicking you in your stomach. I bet you that you can't take a blow if I was to climb up to that top rope and came down on your stomach. You know that fucker did?
0: He didn't come down on his throat, did he?
1: Harley came, Harley, Johnny came right off the top rope, right across Grizzly's neck and broke his neck, and they took Grizzly out on an ambulance on a stretcher, and he's gone forever.
0: Is that the first time you were quote unquote smartened up or you realized, hey, what? I was minute. devastated. Yeah.
1: Hurt me a little bit inside.
0: It's like finding out there is no Santa Claus, what? which we know no one will ever know because there definitely is yeah. a Santa Claus. Um, so, Johnny liked a rib. My favorite part of that story is when he said <laughs> Harley threatened to uh, come across his belly. Anyway, so there were ribs. Johnny Valentine had ribs. Mr. Crockett told me once that they had to watch Mr. Valentine because whenever they would set out catering in old Crockett promotion shows, he would uh, occasionally take a shit in a cup and then dump it in the country fried steak, cover it in gravy, stir it in real good, and just sit and watch. The idea being you had to hit that buffet before Johnny did. Got any other Johnny Valentine ribs?
1: Johnny was a mean ribber. Sounds like it. Johnny was one of those guys that, that kind of he had a sick sadistic laugh, got. <laughs>
0: um
1: one time there's a guy named Jay York. And I believe this took place somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Jay had an inhaler. Oh. Uh, had asthma. And Johnny put lighter fluid in his
0: in his inhaler. Jay came back from the ring. So while Jay's in the ring, Johnny goes in his bag, pulls the inhaler out, fills it full of lighter fluid. And then the kid comes back through looking for his inhaler. He's got asthma,
1: got asthma and it wants to breathe. Sure. And he hits the inhaler and takes in all this lighter fluid and thought he was going to die. And uh, Johnny's laughing his ass off and all this stuff. And Jay went out and got a gun, (laughs) came in to
0: shoot Johnny not so funny now.
1: Not so funny now. And Johnny, as legend has it, his eyes got big, and thank God enough guys got a hold of Jay, and Jay missed. But yeah, Johnny was mean like that. Johnny, Johnny would uh, he he liked to to do shit. But the best on the flip side, you know, like Johnny used to like pissing people's clothes and things like oh. that, and you know their suitcase and everything, right? Um, so. Johnny had a horrible uh, airplane accident with a couple guys that you may know, like Bob Bruggers and um Richard. Uh, just different people that were on this plane and the in the plane. <laughs> oh, nobody else. <laughs> no, it was Bob Bruggers and Johnny Valentine. Okay. Um so, couple other guys. And and yeah, a couple of guys maybe. And um but Johnny <laughs> Like broke his back in the damn thing and Johnny you know never would never walk without the aid of of crutches and braces again so Johnny was basically um, some people would call him a cripple oh because I mean he was in a, in a in a pretty bad way and Johnny still liked to fuck with people because he was Johnny Valentine so one night. At the White House Hotel on South Main in Houston, Texas. About three o'clock in the morning, he had been out drinking and partying and inhaling all kinds of things. And uh, and two people told me this story that were their eyewitnesses and like, told the exact same story. So it's got to be true. Well, it's got to be true because of the people that told, that, that told it and how they told it. I, like, Ivan Koloff wasn't a big bullshitter. No. Ivan was pretty fucking straight, up. straight guy. And, and Red Bastine was a fun guy, but Red would, you know, tell us straight up. Red liked to have a good time. And they were going upstairs at the hotel, and Johnny's trying to navigate the stairs with the crutches, and his crutch went out from underneath him. And when he did, and he tried to catch himself, kind of like I did at the garden, the second crutch went flying. Oh, no. So now Johnny is sprawled out on the steps going up to the second floor at the White House Hotel. And he's like, you know, laughing, ha, 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 because he's drunk and high and all kinds of shit. And Johnny's laughing his ass off because he finds the humor in it that he can't walk and he's fallen down and he can't get up. And he's got all his buddies there and he's like, hey, God, Red, can you get me my, my crutches? Red says, God damn, John. Can't get up and get the crutch yourself? He says, No, Red, I can't. I can't get up without my crutches. I need my crutches. He says, so you can't get up at all. You can't move. He says, No. In need my crutches? Says, so, let me get this straight. You cannot move. Hmm. And he says, no. And so Red just uh, had to relieve himself at that point in time. And Red just kind of
0: peed all over Johnny. Right there in the hotel.
1: Right there in the fucking staircase going up to the second floor of the White House Hotel on South May. It may still be there in Knowing that hotel, but
0: they didn't replace the carpet. I
1: doubt they replaced the carpet from the 70s, or it was probably, yeah, late 70s, early 80s. And, and Johnny laughed his ass off
0: because he knew he thought it was the funniest thing in the world. He would have done it, it's he would have done it. He
1: thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I so was like, you know,
0: <laughs> is that like a tradition in, in wrestling? You have like to get broke in, somebody has to pee on you. No. Okay. I just know Michael Hayes. I know Michael Hayes has peed on like a thousand people. Well, he's a sick bastard, too. Doot, doot, doot. So, uh, Greg was born in Seattle, Washington, before moving to Texas. Of course, Johnny's going to be a mainstay there, as Bruce has just sort of laid out. As the legend goes, Johnny attempts to deter his son from entering the business, but, of course, it's no use. Greg drops out of college And eventually wants to pursue this dream so bad that his dad says, Hey, if you're going to get trained to wrestle, go see Stu Hart. So Greg's actually a product of the Hart dungeon, which I don't think is mentioned very often. You ever talk to Greg about his experience with the Hart family? No, I I never have actually see that's
1: That's news to me, but I knew that Johnny did not want Greg to be a wrestler, did not want Greg in the business and discouraged him heavily. And made it difficult for him, and told him, "You're not going to use the family name. Right. Like you're not going to go out. You're not going to sponge off my name. You know, Johnny Valentine. Sure as hell aren't going to be my son. Because at the time, the whole uh, deal was that you look at Johnny Valentine. You didn't want to. He looked older, but at the same time, you you didn't want your star." To be the father of a 20-year-old man. Right. So when Greg broke in and when Greg came to Texas, came through for the first time, uh, he was. um, He was a different name. Yeah, it was Fargo. But I don't remember if he was Greg Fargo. Fargo. Johnny
0: Fargo. He was the brother of Don Fargo in Buffalo and Cleveland before going to Texas. That's not true, though. He wasn't their brother. Conrad, it was Greg Valentine. It was Johnny Valentine's son. Uh, his debut match was in Calgary. How can we laugh more worse? <laughs> <laughs> we well, first of all, it's a little absurd. You're wearing shorts and a watch and glasses in my kitchen, and we've got hurt, uh, we've got Advil, a Diet Pepsi, a roll of uh, paper towels, a bag of Starburst jelly beans, a backup gl- uh, glass of ice, and a uh, Gatorade. Gatorade, and oh, by the way a full legitimate COVID system so we could test you and Stephanie before you came in. (laughs) What's going on with our life? What have you done to me? I'm just wanting to make sure everybody's safe. All right. Forgive me. Where the hell were you on Friday? Uh, Listen, I thought it was Pat McAfee's day to watch you. It's not my fault. So Angelo Mosca is his first opponent in 1975. Not somebody we talk about very often. Uh, but certainly a a notable all-timer. You got any Mosca stories you can share? Mosca was a
1: mean old son of a bitch, but one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to fucking meet. Uh, Former Canadian football player. Big son of a bitch. Looked like a goddamn silverback gorilla. Um, Barrel-chested, you mean? Barrel-chested, long arms. uh, Walked, had the gait like a gorilla. um, Strong as shit. And me. So Mosca, well, Mosca was a big draw pretty much everywhere he went and uh, just pretty tough. But but Mosca, I think, not to the same extent as Johnny. But Mosca was one of those guys that uh, didn't take it easy on you in the ring either. You earned everything you got with him and you had to fight for it. There's a great deal. I don't know if it's still on YouTube or not, but Mosca... At a Canadian Football League uh, gathering reunion or whatever, Moscow was getting a uh, an award. and there was another old timer that Moscow had had you know like words with or they had had a feud or something uh, during their years in football. And Mosca's up there with a cane. The other guy's up there with a cane and all this shit. And they start pushing each other and hitting each other with canes and got into a fight. Both of them old men. Both of them actually shouldn't have left the house that day. But by God, they got on stage and they got into a fight. That's, That's just tremendous. kind of guy that uh, Angela Mosca is.
0: Okay, I just want to give you a heads up. I'm actually right now supposed to be reading copy to you from our friends at Chili Sleep. And when I say our friends, I mean it. But I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to go rogue here. I'm going to go off script. I'm just going to tell you how this thing has changed my life. And when I say this thing, I mean the Ooler, I'm not kidding around guys. This has become such a big part of my life. I've told my wife, I've told my friends, I've told my family. It's now a non-negotiable. You've heard me talk about things like this in the past, that I really like to have a washlet on my toilet. I really like to use wet wipes. I have a certain few things that are like quirks in my life that I think are like creature comforts. This jumped to number one on the list. I feel better than I can remember in my entire life. The entire time I've been recording podcasts, I feel better right now. And I give 100% of that credit to Chili Sleep. Yes, this is technically an ad, but I am telling people in my real life left and right. how Chili Sleep has changed my life. I'm not exaggerating. I didn't realize that I was not dreaming process. What I just said, I have vivid, bright and colorful dreams now that I never had before. And what that tells me, I'm getting real sleep, dude. There's been times where you guys have even joked on Twitter. Does this guy even sleep? When does he have time to do all of this? Candidly, I didn't, I slept about six hours a night at best. Since I've gotten a Chili Sleep hooked up, I have routinely slept eight, nine hours. I have to be woken up. I feel fantastic. It has been a real game changer in my life. I've decided to buy more of these, not just for my other residents, but I mean, I'm going to have extras in the garage. God forbid if something ever happens to my Chili Sleep, I need another one. I don't want to live a life without Chili Sleep. I know I'm shilling extra hard, but it's because I believe in it. By the way, none of this is in the script, so I hope they're not upset with me. But here's what we got going on, guys. Chili Sleep is a mattress topper. Let me explain. It goes over your existing mattress. They're not trying to sell you a new mattress. It fits right over the top. And there's a little gimmick you're gonna put beside your bed. You're gonna hook the hose that runs from that mattress topper into this little gimmick. You're gonna put a little bit of water, and then you're gonna pair it with your phone. There's a special app you'll put on your phone, and ta-da, you're all set, man. Now what I've done is I've set a real routine. My bed starts getting cool every night at 10 o'clock and it will warm up to wake you up whenever you want. You're in control of all of this. You don't have to do this automatic schedule thing. But my goodness, I am sleeping so good. I feel so great. I feel sharper. I feel like I'm getting more accomplished. I'm not tired throughout the day. I think a lot of people experience some sort of crash after lunch where they're just sort of give out. And if you feel like that and you think, "Ah, that's probably because I'm overworked. No, dude, you're not sleeping well. And I thought for years, the trick was just crank down the AC, man, get some blackout shades. Maybe throw a little strip on your nose and you'll be good to go. And I did all of that. And I thought, hey, I'm on to something. I hooked up chilly sleep. Dude, I didn't know what real sleep was. This has been consistent, deep sleep. And the reason it's working is it's lowering my core body temperature. I used to crank down my AC in my house to like 67. I set my chilly sleep on 65. Dude, I don't need to chill off the, uh, the kitchen anymore. The dining room and my office in the laundry room don't need to be cold. I think I'm saving money here too, man. But more importantly, the way I feel, I even told my dad the other day, cause I just sold him on getting one of these. Dad, if they charged me per night, I would say deal. I almost feel like it's too good of a value. And here's what I mean. If they were like, Hey Conrad, you want the best sleep you ever had? It's going to be 10 bucks. I'd say, hell yeah, sign me up in perpetuity. I wanna sleep like this every single night. These luxury mattress pads from Chili Sleep. Keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep. Whether you sleep hot or cold, that's worth mentioning. Especially since it's about to start cooling off, uh, my wife is gonna wanna climb into a warm bed. Not me, Uh, I wanna climb into a cold bed. But what she's gonna do, she's gonna have her start warm and then cool her off so she doesn't wake up all hot and sweaty. I know I sleep better when I'm cooler. And I bet you do too. But, man, I'm falling asleep. I'm staying asleep. I've got the confidence and energy to power through my day. I'm sold on Chili Sleep. I really recommend this to you. I don't even know that they're going to advertise next week, and I don't care. I'm going to tell everybody I know. They need a dog on Chili Sleep. Try it. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Head over to chilisleep.com forward slash wrestle to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for something to wrestle listeners and only available for a limited time. That's chillysleepcom forward slash wrestle. That's C-H-I-L-I sleep.com slash wrestle. Take advantage of our discount and wake up refreshed every day. My dad's got one. I got Mike Dawkins, our gimmick attorney getting one. I got Scott Hyatt, our hotel guy getting one. Everybody in my life has heard about Chili Sleep ad nauseum, and you need to try it. I believe in it. It's awesome. And I just talked about it for five minutes. I'm sorry about that. I know you don't like ads, but I love Chili Sleep and I might talk about it next week, even if they don't buy an ad. Go to ChiliSleep.com forward slash wrestle. It's the best doggone money you'll spend this year. Promise. So supposedly, um, based on everything you just told us, that that confirms my research, the Valentines did not want Greg to debut as a Valentine. So he calls himself Babyface Nelson, which I got to think is a fucking great wrestling name. Would Would you see that? Greg he looked a little baby like Babyface Nelson. I, you know. I could go for that.
1: Yeah, but he, he looked like Babyface Nelson with the old Al Capone
0: gang and shit. So he spent six you months... You know anybody and- in gangs? <sighs> this is real, boys and girls. Uh, my daughter, Kansas, got her very first job. She's down at the Korean barbecue shop, so that's Bruce's favorite food. So that's where he we went his first night here in town. And Bruce is um in the wrestling bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's trying Wait to make conversation with my daughter. He says, So, how you liking work? She answers, How's school? She answers, Awkward silence. And then Bruce cuts a piece of his bulgogi or whatever and then says, So, are you in a gang? <laughs> I said, Did you join a gang yet?
1: <laughs> That's a fair question.
0: It's just hilarious. In Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. After six months in Calgary, he moves on to Detroit and uh, completes his training under the Sheik with his pedigree being uh, Johnny Valentine's son and being trained by Stu Hart and the Sheik. I guess it's no surprise that uh, Hammer had quite the run in wrestling. What was the reputation of Sheik as a trainer? We've heard all about Stu Hart and the Dungeon as a trainer, but... What about the Sheik? The Sheik was a mean son of a bitch,
1: too. <laughs> and, you know, again, the, the, these were old timers that, that taught you to the reality the of the business. Respect yeah. the business and the reality of the business. And if you couldn't hold up your end, if you couldn't, if there wasn't a confidence that you could go into any bar anywhere in the United States and walk out being able to kick most anybody's ass in that bar, then you didn't belong in the business. Yeah. So it explains a lot about Greg because people always talk about just how unmercifully tough Greg was. Um, His upbringing and his training and his first few years in the business was, was just that. I know, you know, uh, Johnny had, Uh, Buddy Roberts, who uh, became a Valentine
0: at one point in his career, Uh, but it was became a free bird and took an ass whooping like nobody else. Well, somebody had to. Yeah, why going to be Michael? Yeah, please. So let's talk about this. You said uh, you know you remember Valentine in Texas. Did you see Greg in Texas? Oh yeah, I saw Greg as Fargo,
1: as Fargo. John Fargo. Did you
0: ever see him as? Greg Valentine, yes, in Texas. I, I will. I will look
1: and see if I have. There is a picture of Greg Valentine, and it's like an old wrestling picture. He's got his fist up, and he's got another, uh, his other hand up like a like an elbow smash.
0: I, I know that picture.
1: Okay, and I would draw lines as if his hair was combed straight back on that picture. I have it in a program somewhere. Just to say, God, that that is. I mean, because
0: no, you couldn't deny that he was Johnny Valentine's kid. I see. So you as a little kid. Like Even bullshit. as a little kid, I knew that was
1: Johnny Valentine's something. Yeah, but he's then, related. Yeah. yeah, but then they, they said, oh, it's Johnny Valentine's brother.
0: Hmm. His younger brother. He heads to Florida and becomes Johnny Valentine Jr. before he settles on Greg the Hammer Valentine. So I guess this is a move. You know nobody wants to be the senior perceptions reality you don't ever want to be perceived as being too old and maybe not a physical threat anyway he gets to japan in the mid 70s before his world is turned upside down uh, as you mentioned his father is part of that infamous plane crash with rick flair and david crockett uh ultimately he's uh not going to be an in-ring performer moving forward his his father johnny we mean But Greg is quickly brought to Mid-Atlantic to replace his father, and man, his career has jump-started from there. He retires Johnny Weaver, teams with Ric Flair, they become the NWA World Tag Team Champions, and it's kind of fun to see the Royal Rumble 92 all those years later, and Flair and Valentine are trading chops, but way back in 76, they were the tag champs. Everything in wrestling is full circle, isn't it? Usually, yeah, and Greg was able to...
1: You know, it's horrible to capitalize off of something like that, but at the same time, Greg was a logical choice, and it was—it kind of put Greg in his rightful spot. If you know what I mean, as as Johnny's son, and let him have it, man. He was Johnny's son. I, I think Greg was proud of being Johnny's son, especially in the wrestling business to a point. But it, it was—it was logical.
0: Greg makes his biggest mark in 1977. He defeats Wahoo McDaniel for the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight title and, of course, breaks his leg. Uh, This is the classic and iconic, I broke Wahoo's leg. And we've all seen that shirt and old images, even if he didn't live through the angle. uh, It has become an iconic angle and shirt as a result. Um, Were you seeing stuff like this in the Crockett era just through the magazines at the time?
1: yeah that's all you saw at that point was you got the the i don't know pro wrestling illustrated was a thing at that point but you had the wrestler pro wrestling wrestling review wrestling monthly and that stuff so that's how you kind of figured out what was going
0: on elsewhere around the world the whole i broke wahoo's leg t-shirt boy that was just uh that was ahead of its time marketing right? yeah imagine it if they had sold the thing it's just really you think yeah. about it and it would have been huge is it a uh, surprise to you that given his pedigree and his quote unquote work rate and all that and believability that he was never NWA world champion or did he not really fit the mold? But you just take a look at the champions from that era and you think, well, Greg could have been one of those guys. Greg could have been one of those guys. Definitely. Cause
1: I think Greg could have handled the travel and Greg could have handled anybody in any ring anywhere in the world. So, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, again, the The championship committee, if you will, and people that would make those determinations and make those choices uh a lot of times didn't always have really good rhyme or reason as to why they chose certain guys to do it other than they wanted to get their territory they their guy, their guys. Yeah, yeah they want to take their they wanted their guy from
0: their territory to be the top guy, so when he dropped it, he came back and he was former champion. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, recently I've been having conversations and some other podcasts about how the old NWA system, you know, was almost mob-like, you know, instead of there being the head of the five families that we hear about, you know, from the the mafia, here are all these heads of the territories and they're going to get together at one big annual convention and decide we're going to give you this guy and you're going to take that guy and here's our turf and, but politics were always a part of wrestling that's not a new thing right but not everybody got to participate in those right not
1: everybody got to participate in the meetings when it came down to the meetings to determine who the champion was going to be what big moves there might be it was only a few guys very closed off very closed off and if you if you weren't a card carrying member and in a um,
0: and even if you were in the meeting it didn't mean you had any stroke
1: No, because but but the smaller meeting, the decision making meeting, yes, yeah, there were only a few guys in that. You know, that usually consisted of like Fritz and Eddie Graham, Jim Barnett, uh, Mushnick, and like Roy Shire. I don't even know if Roy even made those because Roy didn't believe in the NWA Championship. He thought it was the fuck. Do I need them for?
0: So let's keep it on track here. Talking about Valentine. He has a brief stint with the WWWF. uh, But given the success of what had happened in mid Atlantic, they thought, well, hey, why not bring it up here? So what do you know? He winds up breaking the leg of Chief Jay Strongbow. You know, we've often said here on the show, it's almost a thing in the WWF. If uh, you're bald and have a goatee, somebody's going to hit you with a fucking car. Well, if you're a Native American, Greg Valentine's going to break your leg. (laughs) He's looking to bust your leg up. Man, if you're like me, you were glued to your set this past weekend. Football is back, baby. And uh, I actually got kicked off a little early. On Thursday night, I was glued to my set. I could not believe the Cowboys hung around with your world champion Bucks. Uh, I thought for sure Tom Brady was going to run the score up, but it didn't happen. And that's what makes sports so fun. But if you're like me... I like to get a little action going. Did you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose, though? I mean, I guess it's not really that surprising. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention all the doggone experts who have more tools and more time and more access to information. You really don't stand a chance. Until now. Introducing Stat Hero it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach Now, here's how it works stat hero shows you their lineups and then dares you to beat them it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup you name your stakes winner take all you have the advantage stat hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time and nobody else does that and if i'm honest with you i've had a lot of fun trash talking in the past but i think this is the only way to do daily fantasy sports these days you're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to StatHero.com slash wrestle, sign up for free, and right now you get three times back on your first play. They're giving you 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to StatHero.com slash wrestle. That's StatHero.com slash wrestle. Restrictions apply. See StatHero.com for details. Uh, the Hammer returns to Mid-Atlantic, feuds with Ric Flair, and um, they wind up breaking up their tag team before he goes well, back to Okay, work. but actually,
1: see, and going back to that, with Strongbow, yeah, Strongbow wasn't a Native American. Uh, Wahoo was. Uh, Tatanka was. But Strongbow was, old he was Joe a, Scarpa.
0: He was a working Indian.
1: He was a working Indian. Okay.
0: So... Uh, they break up their tag team. They go back. He goes back to the WWF, and he's working on top with Bob Backlund. And in one of the most contested title matches of Backlund's whole run, he's at the Spectrum. Valentine loses, but the dazed referee hands Valentine the title instead of Backlund, so the title's held up. Did you ever hear about this story of Backlund and, and Greg Valentine and the Spectrum? Can't say I have. Backlund regains the title that was upheld and then eventually Valentine would head back down to mid Atlantic championship wrestling. He starts his feud with Wahoo back up. And then after winning the U S title begins a now legendary feud with rowdy Roddy Piper that we know results in a now infamous dog collar match at Starrcade 83 Bruce. It's been a long time, but I'm not sure that there were many more physical matches at the time than those two. I mean, from what I understand as the legend goes, Roddy left that match with some permanent hearing loss, right? Okay. So that's all, that's all wink and nod? Sure. You know, they beat the
1: shit out of each other. Yeah, Roddy and, and Greg love to beat the shit out of each other. And, uh, you know, their whole thing was the same thing. They wanted you to believe.
0: So you believed. To this day, it's still probably the gold standard for a dog collar match, isn't it? It's nearly 40 years ago, but when you think of dog collar matches, I think that one's right up there. You didn't see JYD and Butch Reed. So that one's on your list too? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Valentine's and Piper sucked, right? No. I'm just wanting to know if it held up, and then we can move on. It was all right. It was good. <laughs> I thought you liked Piper. You I got love Piper. Piper. You
1: know, no, Piper. Piper's whole thing was about the dog collar was that it had, like, sheepskin around the collar. Yeah. And, like, tore his neck up. Because sheepskin, when it would get wet, would just like the leather and everything, just tore their necks all up. And Greg used to like to tug the, tug the collar and everything to fuck with Roddy.
0: Got it. So before you arrive in the WWF, Valentine rejoins the company. He's going to defeat Tito Santana to become the Intercontinental Champion. And, you know, with Tito and Greg, they really become sort of the the workers' champion In 85. And I know you've taken issue with that classification before whenever we've referred to the Intercontinental title as the quote unquote workers' belt. But, you know, Tito and Greg, two fine guys to headline any sort of B show in that era, right? Oh, my God. They'd headline any any show, period, anywhere
1: in the world. Those were, you know, you you look back at that time, Greg Valentine was a main event guy. So was Tito Santana. Um, when you compare it to hulk hogan and whoever hulk's dancing partner at the time was okay maybe it's uh it's not the top match but you could put it anywhere anywhere you want a town b town c town f town and that was a huge main event because greg greg just was that kind of um that kind of a star he had a star appeal and so did tito
0: I want to be clear. I wasn't trying to be dismissive of those guys or their talents. I've just always been under the assumption that those we'll call them secondary titles were in place because occasionally your world champion wouldn't be available and you needed something to be in your main event. Do I have that wrong?
1: No, I mean, it's just that they're, are championships that you want to feature and
0: some are by a hierarchy just in general. So he gets to face JYD at the very first WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden before he goes on to drop the title back to Santana after 285 days in a steel cage match in Baltimore. Valentine then destroys the title after the match. So we introduce a new title, uh, which is the same title that we covered over at adfreeshows.com on Title Chase. Were you watching any of these matches? I mean, this is predating your run with the company. But are you keeping up with their programming and what's happening on TV?
1: As much as I could. I mean, I kept up on it, you know, through USA Cable and All-American and uh, whatever that you could keep up on. And then eventually, probably around 84 or 85, no, probably 85, they got their TV in Houston. So, yeah, I watched their TV whenever I could. Obviously, WrestleMania. But kept up with it in the magazines and
0: shit. Valentine moves on to become part of the dream team with Brutus beefcake. Of course, eventually he's going to become the barber and they become world tag team champions over the U S express of Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham. They drop the titles at WrestleMania two to the British Bulldogs and they're a tag team for another year. And then at WrestleMania three, they win their tag match, but Valentine walks out on Brutus because of a missed move. And Valentine forms a new dream team with Dino Bravo. But the rumor and innuendo is that Valentine really didn't enjoy tagging with old Dino. Can you speak to that?
1: I don't know about that, but I feel bad for Greg on both,
0: on both parts. He's not exactly uh, yeah. getting his day. Well, but
1: you look at it and, and on bo- both of those situations, who's the worker? Right. Who's the guy that's got to go in and, and, and take 88% of the match is Greg. Yeah. You know, so Greg, Greg's the worker. Greg's the guy that has to go in and tell the stories every night. And, you know, Beefcake's going to come in and strut. Dino's going to come in and go, ah, qu'est-ce que c'est? And that's it. So, yeah, Greg, it was like for Greg, it was might as well be a singles guy.
0: A lot of people who are listening to our podcast really remember that whole tag team of Valentine and and Beefcake fondly. Uh, You didn't care for the pairing? I did not. When I wasn't a big fan,
1: you know, I wasn't a big fan of early Brutus Beefcake. Um, I just thought it was hokey. Yeah. And it looked like he was trying to be over the top. So I was never really a big fan of, of that. He was playing wrestlers. You know, yeah. So. He, and, he, and he was playing the gimmick. And, um, you know, same thing with Johnny V. I, I just thought, you know, Johnny, nice guy. But hey, let me tell you something. i am got to get you in.
0: It was not true. So supposedly, as the legend goes, the WWF came up with an idea for Valentine and Bravo to kidnap the Bulldogs mascot, Matilda. But Valentine balked at this creative and walked out. And the Islanders wind up getting the angle instead. Eventually, Valentine's brought back. Do you remember any of this? I Greg,
1: yeah, I don't remember Greg Balkan. I definitely remember the angle and it was huge for the Islanders and Bobby Heenan. And there's a great, great angle because I mean, Oh my God, it was, have you seen Matilda <laughs> bring Matilda back? And, um,
0: Matilda was over. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially so. in that era where you're expanding into the rock and wrestling and kids. And, you know, there's more kids watching wrestling maybe at that point than any time in history. And, the dogs, well, dogs are over with kids. Yeah, until it was over, she'd bite the shit out of you, too. As 88 begins, Valentine is programmed back again with the fucking barber, and he's still managed by Jimmy Hart. Uh, how good was the pairing of Jimmy Hart and Valentine? I mean, Jimmy Hart and Greg Valentine, I don't know why, it just fits for me.
1: Well, Jimmy complimented Greg in what Greg didn't have in the over- just, you know, Greg had natural charisma. Greg could walk out and you look at him and man, he is somebody. He could take 20 minutes to get into the ring and, and you watched him because he was just that, that type of a talent, but he wasn't over the top. And Greg didn't have a lot of showmanship, plain Greg, boots, plain yeah. trunks and Jimmy completely op- opposite. Jimmy was flamboyant. Yes, he was walking gimmick. So the two played off of each other perfectly.
0: At WrestleMania 4, in the first round of the heavyweight title tournament, Valentine defeats Ricky Steamboat. That's right, Ricky Steamboat. And that's the last time Ricky's seen in the company for three years. Did you know going into WrestleMania 4 that Steamboat would be wrapping up here?
1: I knew that weekend.
0: Uh, Valentine goes on to lose to Randy Savage in the second round before Savage goes on to win the title. Uh, It's probably important you know, to, to get a win over a guy like Valentine, just for credibility's sake, if you were an old school fan, you know, it means something to beat Greg Valentine. And one of the more memorable moments, Jimmy Hart announces that due to an injury, Greg Valentine will now have to wear a shin guard on his left leg. And Jimmy calls it the road to the gold. I got to tell you, as silly as it is, that shin guard was over for me. Uh, whose idea was the shin guard, and why was something like that so effective in 88? I think it was Pat's idea. I either, I want to say it was Pat's
1: idea, but it may have been actually Jimmy Hart's idea. Um, but I remember it, and I remember being told it, and I thought, this is the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. At the same time, it was great because Greg's figure four leg lock, when Greg would go to put the figure four leg lock on, Greg would turn the shin guard around, so that it was on his calf, which is where the pressure is on the figure four leg lock. Now, see, folks, here's the thing: you gotta understand, if you got that extra steel pressure on your leg when you got the figure four leg lock with an expert like Greg Valentine putting it on you, that's he's gonna break a leg. He's gonna break another leg, whether you're a Native American or not. He'll break your leg. <laughs>
0: Whether you're a Native American or not. So,
1: but the, the fucked up thing about, uh, I think that was Garvin
0: that we. The big feud we're going to get to, yeah.
1: Yeah, but the the fucked up thing for Greg was, is he would wear the shin guard every night. And he developed um, like a, a a knee injury because it would, where it would stop and he would work and his, his knee ballooned all up. Uh, What a
0: rib So the shin guard actually hurt him
1: Yeah In real life it actually hurt him And Greg being Greg Doesn't tell anybody You know way too late And he's already got this shoe Humongous and I mean it was like a I bet
0: you it was bigger than a softball Well in that era too He's probably (coughs) making the most money he'd ever made in his wrestling career Right
1: I would assume so yeah
0: So you don't want to upset the apple cart I get that Well, let's talk about another big angle that's coming for Greg. He defeats a preliminary wrestler but continues the hold, this figure four, after the match is over, and uh, superstar Billy Graham has seen all he can see. So he's going to get involved to try to make the save, but, of course, Valentine's going to take out his leg and puts the figure four on him, and, of course, he has a plastic hip, and we're explaining all this on TV. Was Graham up for this the way his body was at the time? I mean, he used to be the cock of the walk, and now... Oh, you're this old man, and they're taking it too far, or whatever. No, uh, you know, uh, superstar. Look, first of all, I think that,
1: uh, I think we were sold a bill of goods. The superstar, when he came back
0: in general, he said he was tip top and he said he was tip top
1: shape and that he looked like the superstar Billy Graham of 1974. Not so much. And, um, he showed up and it was like rut row. Yeah. Um, So, and then, you know, superstar got into it more and more superstar realized that, Hey man, he couldn't go with his hip the way that he thought he could go. And we, as a company couldn't continue to, to put him out there. So this was a way to kind of take, take Billy off the, out of the ring and kind of
0: ease him out of there,
1: put him on the shelf for a little while.
0: Have you ever looked at your credit card statement and been shocked by the interest rate Did you know you could actually roll all of your credit card debt into one monthly payment at a lower fixed rate? Lower your interest rate and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 5.93% APR with idle pay and excellent credit. Plus, the rate is fixed so it'll never go up over the life of the loan. And you can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and there are absolutely no fees. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience. And that's exactly what they deliver. And right now, just for my listeners, you can apply now and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. Now, the only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com wrestle. That's L I G H T S T R E A M.com wrestle. Of course, this is subject to credit approval rates range from 5.93% APR. The 19.99% APR, and it includes a half a percent auto pay discount. The lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit LightStream.com/Wrestle for more information. That's LightStream.com/Wrestle. Well, let's talk about some uh, some controversy. Don Morocco is going to attempt to stick up for Billy Graham, and they begin the feud with Valentine and, of course, Jimmy Hart. But it abruptly ends when Morocco was let go. Valentine has claimed in interviews that he begged and pleaded not to let Morocco go. Do you remember what happened here and why Greg went to bat so hard to keep Morocco around? Well, I can imagine
1: Greg, just in general, he was friends with Morocco. I don't know what the hell Morocco did. But I, I could definitely see Greg trying to save his friend because he liked Don.
0: Of course, on the other channel, in 1987, unbelievably, Ronnie Garvin beat Ric Flair to become the NWA world champion. But fast forward to 88, and he's no longer with the NWA or Jim Crockett Promotions. Now he's brought into the WWF, and he Im- almost immediately begins a feud with Greg the Hammer Valentine, which I remember fondly, you know, from SummerSlam and whatnot. Why was Ronnie the right opponent? Greg because he's blonde. I mean, really in, in stature shit
1: out of each they're other, both kind
0: of barrel chested, sawed off, thick looking dudes, both blonde hair, you know, they're going to chop the shit out of each other. It is a similar style. And, yeah. and they say in, 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 MMA styles make fights. Is that sort of the thinking with Ronnie?
1: It was because they, we knew that they would beat the living shit out of each other. And, and again, throughout the night, when you have a variety show, of different talent, you're going to look at them and go, "Okay, man, this is this is different than everything else on the card.
0: Believable, very believable." Uh, at the end of '88, you find yourself—well, not you, but Brother Love has a segment with Honky Tonk Man. Greg- He's just a
1: honky tonk man. I'm a honky tonk man. There's a honky tonk man. He's a honky man. There's a honky tonk man. I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm bad.
0: That's a fire. So this Brother Love segment has Honky Tonk Man, Greg Valentine, and Jimmy Hart. Was there already thought of putting these two together as a tag team, or was it more of just, hey, they're stable mates because of Jimmy?
1: At that time, they were stable mates because of Jimmy. And then, uh, you know, looking, looking for a tag team to put two guys together, I think they complemented each other pretty well. Honky was, again, same thing as, as putting putting Greg with Beefcake, putting him with Jimmy putting him with different guys that uh,
0: had a little more show to him. A tag match for WrestleMania five is set up with Valentine and honky to face the heart foundation, which of course the heart foundation ended up winning. what do you think of uh, Valentine and Honky's chemistry together? At least when they first got going,
1: I thought they actually, I mean, I really thought that they had good chemistry and I, you add to that. Jimmy, but it
0: was it was just so different. It was a ying and a yang one one's heavy on entertainment, one's right. heavy on wrestling. Yeah. Uh, coming off mania, Valentine is looking to conclude his feud with Garvin and challenges him to a retirement match with Garvin accepting <clears throat> on april twenty ninth on superstars. Valentine gets the win, and Garvin is forced to retire. Uh, Garvin uh, would become a referee. Who's putting creative together here in this era? Is this you, Pat? Combination of you guys? I Pat Mintz. Okay. What'd you think of that whole uh, retirement angle?
1: I thought it was clever in the different ways that we would get Garvin back involved to fuck with Valentine.
0: It is really well done. Valentine and Hart get Garvin fired from refereeing, so he transitions into being a ring announcer and at the World's Slam, worst ring
1: announcer in the world. And down in this corner... They weighing in at the fat, two flabby hundred pounds. Yeah, it was horrible.
0: It's great. But that's the idea,
1: right? I understand. but uh, Vince loved it, didn't all he? All goddamn French Canadians that, you know. I bet Pat thought he did a good job. Pat thought he did a great job because Pat Pat probably gave it to him. But it's was like, I couldn't understand Pat either. At the base.
0: So Valentine comes out to uh, Garvin's introduction for his match against Hercules, And Garvin announces Valentine is Hercules' so-called opponent, and at 249 pounds, overweight by 30 pounds, amongst other things. Of course, Valentine cheats to win. Garvin announces Hercules as the winner, and it's a brawl after the match between the three. Valentine and Hart demand Garvin be reinstated, and they get their wish. So the suspension angle was uh, used a lot in this era to get guys back in the ring and just advanced the storyline And this was well done, man In hindsight, everything Jack Tunney was a pretty shitty president You know, I didn't really think about that But I think you're onto something there Yeah uh, Who came up with uh, the idea of Ronnie Garvin Also using a shin guard And I think he called his the Hammer Jammer Which is kind of fun
1: Yeah, matter of fact That was either Pat or, or Ronnie It was kind of the collective of Okay, how do you combat this? Well, you combat it with the same thing so Greg's saying that his isn't used as a weapon, and they're saying that theirs isn't used as a. Still, you know, Greg Greg had a legitimate injury that he needed his for.
0: Well, it builds to a submission match at the Royal Rumble from 1990. The Observer gave it two stars. The guys get plenty of time—16 minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, Ron Garvin wins with a Scorpion Deathlock in a match where the only way to win was by submission. Meltzer says, actually, they should have called it a sudden death match rather than an I quit match because the minute the thing started, the crowd, which was really up for the previous two matches, just died on the spot. It had nothing to do with the match, but fans were into neither personality. They worked a real slow pace, but it was stiff and the closest thing to a good match on the undercard. So he is complimentary of the work, but he does explain that in his opinion, it wasn't really resonating with fans. And this is probably the height of the quote-unquote entertainment era of the WWE. You got guys carrying snakes to the ring and birds to the ring and dogs to the ring. Oh, my. Do you think these guys were maybe just too much wrestling for the WWF audience at the time? I think so. And, you, know, Ronnie,
1: you know, Ronnie Garvin is one of those guys guilty of having one of the most entertaining – great storyteller yeah great um funny son of a bitch outside of the
0: ring but it didn't translate
1: it didn't translate always um on the other side and especially i think with the language barrier a little bit with ronnie it was it was tough to to understand him but when you're just sitting there bullshitting. Ronnie Garvin's the fucking funniest guy in the room. I mean, he's the most entertaining guy in the room when you don't have a camera on him.
0: It's funny because you almost feel like when you go back and you watch Ronnie Garvin matches and interviews, hey, this guy takes himself maybe too seriously. Yeah. But at the same time, this is also the guy who dressed in drag for the thing with Flair. So it's hard to reconcile. Like, when you draw the line, like, okay, he takes himself too seriously. Well, here he is in, in drag. So... Maybe not, but it didn't always translate when the red light was on. Yeah. All right, we'll move along. Yeah. uh, yeah. After we transition, or after that match, of course, we realize it's time for a change. So Greg and Honky are put back together, but this time as rhythm and blues. And there's a story out there that Jesse the Body Ventura kept telling Greg he had to dye his hair black for almost eight months, but Valentine resisted until finally doing it. Do you remember how you guys got Greg to dye his hair and hey hold this guitar? We know you can't play a lick, but wear this jacket and hold this guitar. And I think that it was awesome. Um... <laughs> it was fucking great. You were looking for a word, and let me just tell you, awesome was not the word. Oh uh, no, it was awesome. You loved rhythm and blues. Oh, I loved rhythm and blues. I loved
1: Greg's black hair. Man, that made it. You
0: loved it because he hated it.
1: No, no. I loved it because it was great. Because you had taken a guy that you had viewed as one way. That's true. His entire career. And he was one dimensional in many ways, man. He moves straight forward with his bleach blonde hair and his nice robes and all this shit. And you shake that package up. With the greatest intercontinental champion of all time The Honky Tonk Man No doubt Put them together with Jimmy Hart And their rhythm and blues And Honky's the rhythm And Greg's the blues And it's like They had to be different Otherwise it was just Greg Valentine And Honky Tonk Man Yeah well, they were different. They were different. They were great. You put Greg in his in his um the Elvis jackets and shit like that and the big glasses. It was absolutely awesome. I loved it.
0: Well, one of their biggest outings and most memorable moments is WrestleMania 6. Oh my god. The pink Cadillac. Diamond Dallas Page is the driver. Who in wrestling knew Dallas had a pink Cadillac, and who in the company said, hey, what if we used a pink Cadillac?
1: Milk and Dream, Dusty Rose. One time I thought, dream, dream. I wonder if we can find a pink Cadillac somewhere. We need to look for a pink Cadillac. Goals. Pong in the head. punkin' in the head. I'm, I got a pink Cadillac for you. You know, uh, Dada, Dallas Page, he down there in Fort Myers, Norma Jean, he got a pink Cadillac. He let you. use it.
0: Had you seen any of his AWA stuff? Who Dallas Page when he was. Married. I knew Dallas from from, so you from did Florida. Know him. Yeah, okay. no, I knew Dallas. You went to the bars and stuff. Yeah, um,
1: but I didn't know he had a pink Cadillac. Dusty's the one that told me he had a pink Cadillac, and so I called him, and uh, Dusty called him. I forget how the hell we did it, but we I said, hey man, can you get that pink Cadillac to Toronto? And he said yes. So we put, it, he was the driver and all that shit. Beautiful fucking pink Cadillac. That's awesome. Peggy Sue. You know, it was great.
0: Uh, what's your favorite uh, Honky Tonk Man song? Well, you know. I mean, where does Honka Honka Honky Honky Love? I was
1: just going to say, Honka hunka hunka Honky Love is is a classic. Where does that It was fit? an instant classic. It, look, man, you're never gonna get any better than that. I'm. Just a honky tonk man. He's a honky tonk man. I'm just a honky tonk man. He's i I'm just a honky tonk man. I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm bad. Oh, great! That fucking song resonates still today. I mean, goddamn, Dwight Yoakam wrote a song about the honky tonk man.
0: Oh, it's got to be Wayne Morris. He's talking about yeah. It well, yeah, who else would it be? Duh. So. uh Gorilla Monsoon on commentary would say every time Greg Valentine got on the microphone, if you hung the hammer for being a good singer, you would hang an innocent person. Everybody was having fun with this. Was Greg having fun with this?
1: I don't think Greg was having as much fun as everyone else was having with it.
0: No, I could guess that.
1: But I think that it... Uh, at some point, that Greg kind of... Went ahead and said, all right, this is what it's going to be. I might as well just kind of jump on into it.
0: Rhythm and Blues are seemingly lost in the tag team shuffle. You know, you've got a lot of great teams at the time, the Hart Foundation, the Rockers. uh, Of course, the Legion of Doom are coming in, Demolition's there. So Rhythm and Blues wind up feuding with the Bushwhackers. Do you remember, why don't you laugh?
1: Because I just go back to the, the WrestleMania six thing when the yeah, the uh, souvenir guys around the ring throwing out stuff, and Honky Tonk Man cuts his promo and "Hey, hey, wait a minute! Yeah, those aren't souvenir vendors out there. That's Bushwhacker Luke, and that's Bushwhacker Butch. And there, you
0: know, and it was just like so campy.
1: It was hilarious, and you loved it. I did love it. It was great.
0: Do you remember either Honky or Greg? being upset with their lot in life or the checks so good that they're not a peep.
1: You know, I think that honky tonk man probably felt that he should be the honky tonk man. And that, uh, Greg was probably piggybacking on his gimmick. Greg probably felt that he should be Greg Valentine and that he should have no attachment whatsoever to honky tonk's gimmick. However, the threesome, Jimmy Hart, Greg Valentine, and the honky tonk man Rhythm and blues, man, that shit was great.
0: It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing, waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever to the naked eye. Trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are. And they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop over a mile to stop by that time it's too late. And the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. And if the signals are on the train is on its way and you. Just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. Did you know that Rhythm and Blues, Greg Valentine action figure is one of the most coveted ever? Oh, I bet it is. Seriously?
1: I No, I'm serious. I bet it is because of the black hair and the whole different thing. It's different than any other Greg Valentine look that
0: he's ever done. I think Cardona spent like new Toyota money on one. Well. So, there you go.
1: I mean, that's silly,
0: but... uh. They begin a feud with the Hart Foundation in September. Doesn't really go anywhere. But then they're a part of The Undertaker's debut at Survivor Series on his team with Ted DiBiase. Uh, Valentine's pinned by Bret Hart. It feels like they're just sort of more or less treading water here uh, as we wind down 1990. The last match of the Honky Tonk Man happens on December 16th, 1990, in the Meadowlands. He's going to team with Valentine and Power and Glory to lose to the Bushwhackers and Hart Foundation. We've talked about Honky before, but what's the deal? Oh, God, I think just Honky
1: getting inside Honky's own head, and he could do that sometimes, just thinking he deserves more,
0: wants more, and uh, I'll just leave. So he did. So Valentine turns babyface after Honky quits at the end of the year. Um, They're at Madison Square Garden when Jimmy Hart's interference backfires against Saba Simba. But all of a sudden, Valentine shows up at Herb Abrams' UWF taping to continue his feud with Honky. Uh, Did Valentine leave, or was he just not a part of a full-time deal? I only ask because he's back by the time for the Royal Rumble, and it makes me wonder, was his contract coming up, or do you remember any of those details? Yeah, I don't remember any of that. And contracts were so
1: different then that it really didn't, wasn't, wasn't that kind of a deal. Um I'm sure the Greg just probably wanted to move on. And he had been there for a long time, so it was like, all right, man, you wanna move on? Move on.
0: Well before we move on, what was your favorite Cyber Simba match? Hershey, Pennsylvania.
1: Uh September sixth or eighth. What's Clint like there? Clint for Hershey. Yes, it was there. And by the way, I didn't like of Simple because we took all of stuff off. I know it was Tony Atlas. Now you'd be just stupid trying to pull one over on us because I know because i read. I get a piece of paper sent to me in the mail every week and all of it's true. And I love and adore this man, Clint from Hershey. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is... Who the fuck, Conrad? Why are you laughing at me? Do you need a light bulb changed?
0: Because it's lunch on a Tuesday. <laughs> this is what we're doing with our I should be at the office writing mortgages, and you should be booking bad creative, but here we are in Alabama. You got a bad tubby, Conrad. That's true. Uh, so Valentine's back at the Royal Rumble, and here's the tidbit from Meltzer. Quote, Valentine went out at 46 minutes, which means he was in the ring for 44 minutes. As the story goes... <coughs> You're going to love this. This was his punishment for working with Herb Abrams dates in New York. The company, since Valentine wasn't under any contract, couldn't stop him from working indies, but they weren't too happy he worked for Mr. McMahon's enemy, Mr. Abrams. What did, uh, what did Vince think of Mr. Abrams and his UWF promotion?
1: I don't think he knew who he was or what he did.
0: Well, he knew when he booked Andre. Okay, maybe, okay, some guy's booking Andre.
1: I can guarantee you that other than, hey, there's some guy out there running matches and trying to do TV. It wasn't a whole lot on old Herb.
0: Dino Bravo and Valentine begin a feud as Valentine's baby face push kind of starts, but in reality, he's just working mid-card matches. He loses to Earthquake at WrestleMania and then IRS at SummerSlam. Uh, Royal Rumble 92 is one of his last appearances before he leaves again. What was the opinion of Valentine in the office? Like, I know you weren't there at Rumble 92, but as he's winding down 1991, it does feel like his career is, I mean, he's there, he's on the card, but he's not exactly featured. doesn't feel like uh, creative has any motivation to do much with him. Well,
1: I think that Greg is steady. Greg was always looked at as steady. Greg was the guy you could always depend on. Greg consistent. would always deliver.
0: And yeah, he was consistent and he was steady. A good hand, some might say.
1: guy nah, he was a great hand.
0: So I guess my question was, a lot of times in wrestling, you have to sort of reinvent yourself. We've seen The Undertaker do it. We've seen Chris Jericho do it. And a lot of other guys. Do you think Valentine needed to re- reinvent himself a little bit?
1: Well, yes, and I think that he did with Rhythm and Blues, and that's why that change was so important, because that was an opportunity to, to completely reinvent himself. You change your look, you change your gimmick, you change everything as much as you possibly can. You're still Greg Valentine, and you're still doing your shit, but give me a new presentation. Give
0: me a new paint and coat. He moves on to WCW before reappearing back in the company for Survivor Series 93, as one of uh, Jerry Lawler's, oh, well, God. Shawn Michaels' knights as the Blue Knight. Why Valentine here? He was available?
1: He was a name. He was available. And yeah, the idea was that those knights, the original idea was that the knights would be kind of legends like Valentine and Terry Funk. And, right. And name value guys that when the mask
0: came off, that the audience was like,
1: oh my God.
0: Yeah. So and so. Yeah. yeah. He does a guest spot in the 94 Rumble where he lasts 20 minutes and then does a couple house shows. What were we Fox. punishing him for that time? Uh, you mean when he came back for Survivor Series?
1: Well, I don't know. Y'all said Dave's bitch said he was... We were punishing him for something.
0: Well, because he was on Herb's show.
1: Okay. that's And we punished him by booking him? I guess. Paying him?
0: By the way, do you think it's Herb or Herb? The internet always uh, gets on Herb. the way. Herb. 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 Is a name, it's Herb. As a is a is an seasoning. herb, it's herb. I guess I'm saying it wrong though. I thought I was saying that and people take issue with it. What? I, oh did you know the honky talk man hates me too? I forgot to mention that. Why does honky hate you? Well we told the story on eighty three weeks once where I thought he was T V champion and he wasn't. So he asked his Twitter following to motherfuck me because I accidentally made him T V champion and I shouldn't have done that. I'm fake news and all that. Bastard, but I mean, right. I lied up, right? I said he had a belt he never had. So in my head, that would be like a good thing. Well, who did you
1: research that week? Like if I, said You probably
0: went to the Observer for your research. No, I think I was just freestyling it, and I, oh. I assume since he was the greatest intercontinental champion of all, of all time, that perhaps he was a TV champion too, but not so much.
1: No, everybody knows that.
0: Yeah, but I didn't that day. Well, so goddamn. Well, I'm doing a lot of podcasts. That's on you. Sometimes some, I just wish you would do a few more. <laughs> He does a guest spot in the 94 Rumble where he lasts 20 minutes and then does a couple house shows against Bob Backlund in the summer. And that's a wrap. Uh, Greg's not seen again until he's inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2004. Greg's a Hall of Famer in everybody's book. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes. Greg Valentine had a Hall of Fame career and, you know, is, you look at his legacy, his family legacy, and everything that he has done in the business, 100% Hall of Famer.
0: You know, we talked about how he could have been an NWA world champion. You know, he sort of fit the mold of of that era. Do you think if he was a little older, that perhaps he could have been one of the last WWF champions before Hulkamania got going?
1: Yeah, actually, I do. I think that, you know, when you look at some of those talent that came through there, I, I think of guys like Greg Valentine and Don Morocco both that could have been championed during the backland years instead of sticking with Bobby, you know, for that whole
0: time. But, hey, Bobby worked. Uh, What do you think his his legacy in the business will be? You know, I think that
1: from a Stan fan point, I think people are going to look at Greg Valentine as one of the toughest guys. You believed in him. He was no nonsense, and... Just like his dad, his legacy is, he's a tough son of a bitch.
0: When you think about his old matches, let's give, you know, as we're just a few days away from his 70th birthday, let's give some of our listeners uh, some recommendations of matches to go out of their way to see of his. Any come to mind? Oh, I, yeah. I mean,
1: obviously, we talked about it earlier, and I was fucking with you. But if you get a chance to do a match with Roddy Piper and, Greg, with the you know from Greensboro, wherever the hell that was from, that that was excellent.
0: But if you look, but it's at, not as good as Butch Reed's. Well, we know that. No, you said if I had ever seen any other good ones, that was a good one. I said it was the best one, or set well, the standard, whatever. Continue. I'm well. busting your balls back. Um, but also, all of his stuff with Tito was excellent. Uh,
1: his stuff. With, you go back and watch. You know anybody that got more than one out of Backlund was was great and Greg was able to get you know more out of Backland. Greg you know was with um god he was with uh the help me um, no 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 his manager um i'm looking at him i mean no he's, no grand wizard you got to get hot well i couldn't think of it Conrad. i'm over here i'm i'm, I'm hunched over i'm trying to find a comfortable zone you said you like sitting in these. I seats. do like sitting in these. I'm just, I'm, I'm old and tired. And
0: sleepy and stressed. I ate three bites of peanut butter bagel. I mean, I got you your favorite Mexican breakfast here, and you didn't even touch it. Did you uh, at least eat the bacon? No. Oh, fuck you. My wife took it away from me. So let's. She said f- it will upset my tummy more. Well, she knows best. I mean, she's already hooked up the plumbing in the household. Uh, hey, let's do some questions, and we'll wrap this one up, because I know you've got to get back to your naps or whatever. Uh, Lenny Bakken wants to know. Who? Lenny Bakken. I thought you gave him a bunch of money every single month. At Edward Jones, B-A-K-K-E-N, Google it, kids. That's where Bruce's money goes. Uh, who does Bruce <laughs> think was a better fit as a manager for Greg? Johnny Valiant or Jimmy Hart?
1: Grand Wizard
0: grand wizard mayhem wants to know i always thought greg valentine had some but amazing- can i
1: let me expound on that because grand wizard was the best of both of the other two combination so
0: you think grand wizard's like criminally underrated
1: without a doubt
0: what's his real name ernie roth ernie roth yeah uh mayhem wants to know i always thought greg valentine had some amazing robes how would you rate them compared to rick rude or flair or the other robes of the day and do you know who made them
1: Top five. Uh, what's her name? Made him uh, in Atlanta. Johnny Walker's wife made Greg's too.
0: Yeah, Olivia Walker, the Olivia. same lady who made Flares. Yes, made his. But I think I think his were up there with Flares.
1: I think they were too. Uh, you know, not way was, better,
0: way better than Rudes. Oh,
1: you know, I, I, did Olivia do Rudes? No, no. So, I think, so. I, I think when you look at the guys that spent that money, like uh, Greg, Rick. Stud. You know, go back and look at some of John Stud's early stuff. Terry Taylor a had a nice one.
0: And,
1: and you go back and look at uh stud and uh Flair and Yeah. Look, she know, made
0: some beautiful robes. Eye rolls don't translate through the mic.
1: I didn't eye roll, I didn't eye roll. I was looking outside. Oh my god, look at that. It's beautiful outside moving out of the mountains. Yeah.
0: Uh GJ Refill, what a great name. Says during the matches, announcers would often say it takes Valentine's 15 to 20 minutes into a match to warm up. Why say that at all? It makes it sound like his efforts suck for the first 14 minutes, especially when most of his matches didn't last 15 to 20 minutes. I'll let you take this one, Bruce, but it does feel like the announcers are just trying to say, as they say in UFC, oh, the longer this fight goes, the more it favors so-and-so. That's sort of what they were aiming for, right? That, well, why the hell didn't they just say that? Okay, So you agree with CJ and Monsoon?
1: I agree with you, bigger. CJ. Well, no, Gino would often try to embellish quite a bit of shit that didn't always need embellishing him.
0: Uh, Jeremy Priest wants to know, where do you rank Greg as a wrestler? Don't it, you dare say top five. Top five. Oh, God damn it. That's not
1: true. Greg, oh, God damn, Greg was awesome. Right. Greg was a hell of a wrestler. Finish a out the top worker. five then.
0: Huh? Greg Valentine, he's in the top. I'm not saying number one, but he's top five. Who are the well, other But
1: point? you saying wrestler or worker? Wrestler. Um, Kurt Angle,
0: probably number one. Okay.
1: Um, okay, Greg's on (laughs) the (laughs) top.
0: I was thinking, how is he going to make this work? Sterling says, Valentine's Chop looks lethal. Because it was, it hurt. Where do the Hammer's Chops rank against the Wahoos and the Flares, etc.?
1: I think that when you, those three, and you throw uh, Greg's dad in there. Garvin. Yeah, Garvin with a little Snug. But, man, Greg just has these these huge, thick forearms that... Um, and sausage fingers.
0: Yes. Joe Dangerously says, uh, where'd you get those shin guards? Red shin guards are us. Thought it was yellow. Was it red? I'm colorblind. I think it was red. Red he might have had a yellow one, too. Jeff Stewart says, uh, which did Greg hate more? Black hair as part of Rhythm and Blues or his baby face run? He always felt like a heel to me. And what was the question? What did he hate more? Black hair or being a baby face? Black hair. Classic Joey Max says, I brought my wife to a Comic Con years ago. Greg was sitting alone at his table. He looked sad. My wife asked That's who he was. That's just Greg. <laughs> I told her and she went over and gave him a hug. She didn't realize that's just how he always looks. Right. Why do you think he looks like a sad puppy dog? Because he does. Because he, he does. He, he does I mean, feel like just... you, you want to give him a hug. Okay. You I love Greg.
1: I like Greg. Yeah, Greg, yeah. yeah I will. I, Greg's one of those people I'll walk across the room and say hello
0: to. Uh, Ted the Hillbilly Heel, Hill, so he must be from around here, says, How was the hammer as a river?" So we talked about his dad, Johnny, as a river. What about Greg as a river? Greg was kind of like,
1: you know, like a silent fart. Right, silent but deadly. Gotcha. And I would say Greg was, you know, when and if Greg would make the effort to to rib somebody, then I think he would have fun with it.
0: Do you remember anyone in particular?
1: I, I don't, but because Greg was just so sly about it, Greg wasn't one of those guys that would laugh and and let you know that he ribbed you.
0: Uh, Jay Marsh says, "Hockey Talk Man has said in shoot interviews that Valentine was one of the most depressed people he ever knew." <laughs> what say you, Bruce? was Valentine really depressed all the time or was he just depressed hanging around Honky?
1: Probably just depressed hanging around Honky. No. I think that it was Greg's uh delivery. Sure. Greg had a slow delivery and and Greg didn't get excited about a lot of things. You right. know what I mean? It, it was just his personality. I don't think he was depressed. Because I look, I spent I spent time in Greg's home and doing vignettes and seeing him with his hair down not being
0: not in wrestling. Away yeah. from wrestling. Yeah,
1: and you know Greg's just a pretty fucking mellow, mellow guy.
0: You seen that picture of him and uh, Brutus Beefcake watching TV in the recliners? Yeah, is that us later today? You think? That's basically we're we're halfway there now. <laughs> I'm, we're gonna go to the mall and get your nipples pierced, and we're good. I don't think we are. Hey, so uh, next time we record, which will hopefully be tomorrow, I'm gonna huh? I'm gonna try to convince you to do this tomorrow. We're gonna talk about Unforgiven 2006 Death fever. We, not, you don't have a fever. You don't know. Well, I'm gonna run you through this COVID machine. Not a test. Your whole body. I'm okay. gonna run you through it. All right. Uh, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, The main event that night was John Cena and Edge in a Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match. It was a last chance match for the WWE title. Had Cena lost, Cena has to leave Raw for SmackDown. Randy Orton is going to be taking on Carlito. We got Trish working with uh, Lita, and this is going to be Trish's last match as a full-time WWE performer. We've got DX taking on Big Show and the McMahons in a three-on-two handicap Hell in a Cell match. We've got the Spirit Squad taking on the Highlanders for the tag belts, Kane versus Umaga, and Johnny Nitro versus Jeff Hardy for the Intercontinental title. Man, this feels like another lifetime ago, but it was uh, September 17th, 2006. What do you think? You looking forward to talking about that one? No. Really? Yeah. What about in two weeks, which I'll probably make you record tomorrow? <laughs> Uh, in Your House, Mind Games, perhaps. Ooh, Mind Games. That's a good show. In Philadelphia, you had the whole ECW faction in the front row. And then, of course, in the main event. Jerry Briscoe
1: group- talked about how I almost whipped his ass the other day on on something about that. Because
0: Jerry's lucky I didn't whip his ass. How's that? Just because. Hey, Siri. Did Jerry Briscoe almost get beat up by Bruce Prichard? I found this on the web. Now, Siri says you're full of shit. Fuck Siri, she's a whore. Oh, okay. And on, yeah. that, and on that note, we'll see you guys next week right here on Something to Wrestle with. A sleepy, tired, stressed, and injured, and fatigued. Any other descriptors? Sick. And sick. Sick. I'm sick. Now, what exactly is wrong with you? Because you ain't got the vid and you don't have a fever. But she got the runny poo poos. I got the runny poo poos. And you uh, should that's real. And you shouldn't be floor. You know what? You can't prove that. Did you see it? You told me you did just a few minutes ago. I recorded. You don't believe anything I tell you anyway. Well it was not written
1: in a fucking piece of paper and sent through the mail with a bunch of typos and shit from California.
0: You don't you don't believe me. That's hurtful. I don't but true. No, I don't get a physical copy of The Observer. I subscribe and pay money and get That's, digital. That, to me, is absolutely terrifying. You know, it is terrifying that I still have to pay for it. You would think by now he would cop me.
1: You would think that you would not read a bunch of, just sit there and read a bunch of fantasy every but fucking day. What But what would
0: you rail against and fuss about every week if I didn't? Are those like Starbursts or are they fucking jelly beans? They're both, and you should enjoy them. I think it'll turn that frown upside down. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Hopefully, if Bruce is still with us, right here on Something to Wrestle With, Bruce Pritchard. Rock on. Oh, come on. Is the hot tub hot? Yeah, it's like over 100 degrees. Is it really? Yeah. Why are you lying to me? And the edge pump is on, too. So What the, does that mean? You know, the water's going off the edge of the mountain in the pool. Yeah, it's a goddamn infinity pool. Yeah, but I got the umbrellas up for it. You're ready. And you're up here just bitching about how hard life is. No, I think I'm going to try that. I think you should. But does, you it have, does it have bubbles, buddy? If you shit in my pool, does it have bubbles? That's the end of this podcast. You've been trying. Does to get it have out of, bubbles? Yes.
1: I got but that if, one place where Silva shit on the floor.
0: If you, if you fucking hang on, hang on. You've it's been okay trying to get out of. Silva, this. It's
1: okay for Silva to, to shit on the floor, but not me. Silva
0: has not been welcome back in this house since he came, he came in yesterday. You invited him. You didn't even tell me, and I come out and he. I
1: did. He shocked me. I thought I was being robbed.
0: Okay, ain't got to get hot about it.
1: Let's invite him over to sit in the hot tub with us. No,
0: he'll shit in that hot tub. Okay, don't no get hot. Besides, I don't trust you to get in that hot tub right now unless you're like four emodium deep and I see you take them. I took, I've taken three today. Do you often vacation in Huntsville, Alabama? And is this the last one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Sorry about the Actually, later this week, by God. We'll see you Friday. It's Tuesday. We'll what? Yeah, you got to do two. You missed one last week. There's no getting away from me. I'm sleepy. And tired. Yeah. And stressed.
1: Could we put like a floaty on the hot tub where it's in the shade and I can lay down?
0: It is in the shade.
1: Okay. But a floaty.
0: Why? You want to float in a hot tub? Yeah. Why? What's the point of that? I don't know. Just <laughs> I think you need a nap. I do.
1: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's Those Weekend Golf
0: Guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Tylus and Callaway and on and on and How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs>
1: you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen.